Comics Toss, Episode 9, Pride of the X-Men. All right, here we go. Our journey through the X-Men ends today. We are, we've gone through all of Season 1. Now we're going back to talk about a special pilot episode that never made it to series, but I still thought it was interesting. Yay, lost pilots, yay. Yep. Look, let me put it to you this way. I literally forgot to watch it last night, so I watched it this morning while I was taking my morning shit, and was like... I'm not about to sit here through this entire thing and, like, have my legs pass out on me while I'm sitting here on the toilet. I'm just... So I paused it and came back to it. So I at least got that done today. Not the shit, the watching of the episode. That's implied. (laughs) Speaking of shit, round the room. Hold on, he's busy texting. I'm going to send you guys something. I'm going to send you guys something for this episode. Scott okay. Action Jackson. Seth Lovell Sario. Reploid Bill William Bush. Contact. Hey guys, I know you're about to get your podcast on, so I'll be quick. If at any time you feel like dropping your own opinion into what we're talking about, head on over to FandomNight.com and all of the contact information for every single one of our shows, including the one you're about to watch, is there. Alright guys, I'll leave you alone. This pilot is as cool as a fastball special from Colossus to Professor Xavier, guys. Yep. Just want you to know that. So freaking awesome. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. He's tossing the wrong guy in this picture, Bill. <laughs> I know, it's so good. <laughs> and he doesn't have a future chair. And in the... Sh- in this pilot, he doesn't have a future chair. That's right. Yeah. This pilot, just to get this out of the way, this is what was going on. Late not late eighties. Yeah, they'd been. This yep. pilot is hardcore eighties. They had been fighting. They had been okay. Not they. She had been fighting for a long time to try to get X Men on the screen, and for some reason they could not get it to happen. They didn't want it. The studio kept calling for things that she was not willing to do. Well. After battle, after battle, after battle, they finally get this thing on the screen. They send it out. It gets animated and everything. Then it gets sent back. They voice act it and yada, yada. They send this thing out, and there's no word as to whether or not this actually got picked up. There's a possibility this could have been a greenlit series. But literally... I wish it was after watching it. Literally, right after this came out, I'm telling you, right when it came out, they said, bam, pilot, bam, broke. Marvel basically ran out of money. From a pilot? No. No. There were a lot of problems happening at this time that people people that are in comic books know about the comic crash of the 90s. Well, Marvel was staving off the crash for as long as it possibly could. Comics were getting so bad that there were guys that were coming in, talent that was coming in, that would give their resumes, show their stuff, and then literally the guy behind the desk would say, this is great, this is great stuff, you got a real future, so I'm going to do you a favor, I'm not going to hire you. And they were like, wait, what? And he says, look kid, if I can be blunt, comic books won't be here within the next five years. Yeah. So you'd be better off taking this and going anywhere else. 
You got talent, so I'm going to save your job by not hiring you into a business that's going to do nothing but fail. And they were literally turning people away like that. And they were barely making it. And Marvel had a giant near crash where they almost hit bankruptcy. And what did they do to try to save themselves? They sold every property they had to keep money on the doors for as long as they could. And they gave things to, like, Sony. So Sony got Spider-Man and things of that nature. And Universal got a couple of properties. Like, I think they got Blade and a couple of things like that. I think they also got a hold of the Hulk. They were yeah. they were the ones that owned that. And that's how Fox got got their their shows, like the X-Men and things like that, which, whoa, you want to Fox? Fox made a killing on that one because the X-Men, the X-Men paid off for Fox in a way that nobody saw coming. Like, love or hate those movies, it doesn't matter. Fox has so much money because of the X-Men, it is ridiculous. Those yep. movies sell. And that is what happened here, is they were like, hey, pilot. And they were like, and the, there were a couple of people that were interested that were like, this actually, this, we could market this, we could do this. And they were like, oh, well, actually, we're kind of broke, bye. Yep. So this never went to production except for this one strange thing. And to kind of try to cut their losses... They turned it into a single VHS offshoot weird thing that you could buy. And, and also an arcade game. Well, actually, that came after because, remember, they yeah. sold off all their property rights. And some of the people that got a hold of them were like, ooh hoo 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 you know, this could be a good thing. Because what this series did, series, will do this. There were five episodes evidently planned for the first season. I haven't been able to find what their names were or anything like that, but evidently this was going to be a five. Just like the Turtles, it was supposed to hit five five episodes to see if it picked up speed. Mm. And the initial idea of the launch was to launch the show alongside a set of toys. The toys in the video game got made. The series did not. Yep. So we got the video game, which was Die X Chicken and, yeah. and Master of Magnet. And crap like that. Welcome to die! Yep. Windigo! Poop! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where that Actually, game came from. Actually, I was looking from. for him in this pilot. Were you really? <laughs> it's like, okay, where, where's some of these other bosses? And then at the same time, we got a launch of toys. There was a set of 1980s toys... At about the exact time that this came out, trying to launch and hoping that this show would take off. Mm. So, and, um, these guys were based on the comics. So there was weird stuff like in the, in this, in this little thing here that you watch, there's no indication whatsoever that Wolverine is samurai. Yep. You have no clue. But the toy came with a samurai sword. And these, like, stiff arms that he had this little thing right here on his wrist. You could push him and the claws would come out. Pretty cool for its time. Wolverine thing. And then, of course, all the other toys were pretty, pretty standard fare. Like, Cyclops didn't really come with anything. He had his, you know, he was Cyclops and he had brownie brownies, but he didn't come with a brownie. He right. came with a light. <laughs> yeah, it's things like, so yeah, yeah. There was a toy line that was released that went along with this. So you could find the toys. They'd be expensive now, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You could find the toys, but you would not. There was no actual series that came from this. Now that I think about it, I might have picked up, I think, the Wolverine and Cyclops one a long time ago. It's very possible. But that was it. 
<laughs> right. And you and at the time you wouldn't have known really what that was about except for it was X-Men. Like you wouldn't have known about this yeah. show more than likely. Cuz yeah. So, okay, before we get into the show, oh, there's a little promotional ad thing. Did you guys watch that ad? Yeah. Tell them Spidey sent you. Oh my god. Can I point out one thing about the ad that's kind of funny? What? Aside from the fact that it's a terrible ad and it's funny. Pay close attention to when he tells you to sign up to vote, and then he registers to vote as Spider-Man. So Spider-Man is encouraging you to create to uh create a fake identity. Yeah. yeah. He he's like Spider-Man encourages you to uh Register commit vote, to vote. C- commit to commit registration fraud. Uh-huh. <laughs> Voters and, fraud. And I usually notice the, the eyes on the mask look like the Japanese version. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I was going to say, for that little commercial, I didn't mind the Spider-Man costume for what it was worth. I really didn't. I It was yeah, better the, than what we got in our 70s show. Looks, looks normal. So. In our 70s show, that spider outfit is awful. This guy was way better. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that that was there, because for some reason that's kind of infamous. It's like when you talk about the Ninja Turtles movie. There's a lot of people that remember growing up with the VHS, and they got that the baseball pizza, commercial. Yeah, the pizza, baseball commercial. That was almost a part of the movie we watched that stupid commercial so much. I still have the song word for word in my head. I remember the whole freaking commercial. That's why I play right. Is it right or left field? It says, uh, that's why I play right field. It's, it's important, important, you know. You, know. you got to know how to catch. You got to know how to throw. That's why I play in right field, Ray, out where the dandelions grow. Watch that commercial too much. <laughs> I was too little. I don't remember the commercial. I just remember, like, starting it up. The yep. weird thing is when you try And then to... the F-H-E would come on. Yeah. What's odd is when you try to look up that pizza commercial on YouTube, you get... The actual long version on the VHS yeah. was a bit of a shorter version. So. Yep. Yeah. The FHE, man. That, that's FHE. That goes, that goes with all the old Dude, turtle Dude, I know. Uh-huh. And it used, to, it used to do that thing. It would be like, Wee, and it would spell out the F, then it would put the dot, bam. Then it, no, it's like the dots were last, wasn't it? It would do the FHE, then it would go doo-doo-doo or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. That yeah. part I don't remember as yeah. well as the Pizza Hut commercial. <laughs> Dude, it was so crazy. So anyways, okay, like we've been doing, let's talk about the guys we got for this pilot and what they wear, passable or not. So let's start with our good guys. Professor Xavier, oh, without didn't. future chair. You, you didn't You didn't want to go in uh, order of cast appearance? No. Okay. Let's start on Professor Xavier. And his turtleneck sweater. His turtleneck sweater uh-huh. is... His hardcore eyebrows. Yep. Very attack eyebrows. Yep. Well. <laughs> eyebrows attack. That's that's a secret mutant power. He saves it from when people get him. So that's the reason. That's the reason when he was left alone with the juggernaut. You notice the juggernaut didn't end Professor Xavier. Oh, I figured that's just because it was eighties. <laughs> nope, that's because eyebrows. He was like he was like get off me and used his eyebrow power, but we didn't get to see it because that's yeah, a secret. Exactly. <laughs> he said he just got swatted into a wall. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Professor Xavier, normal chair, his little blanket. Almost normal chair. Technically, okay. he still has buttons on. His oh yeah, he does. He does have buttons. Chair, but yeah, he's got some some he computer like control. Who knows what they do? <laughs> yeah, who knows yeah. what the buttons do? But he does have buttons. 
So let's see. There's actually, the buttons, actually shouldn't we hop into Kitty Pride since she's the first one on screen? Well, here's the thing. Professor Xavier's power is to invade people's privacy. <laughs> and he sent the letter to her, which technically he's the yeah. first voice we get. Yeah. Good guys. No Stan Lee as the narrator. Yeah, that is a true that's Stan a true Lee's statement. Yeah, which remember, once again proves 80s as fuck. Well, I remember Be I remember, careful, true believers. I remember Look at your friends, look at your parents, look at your classmates. One of them could be a mutant. The good guy mutants are known as X-Men. The evil terrorist mutants who want to destroy the world. We'll talk in about the that. 1980s. We well, no, I, we're going to talk about I remember, that. I remember some Go of the older G. stuff. Joe. Oh, we'll bring up GI Joe in a bit here. So, but uh I remember hearing Stanley narration in some of the older Marvel cartoons. He used to show up in a, in fact there's a lot of talk and this is of course completely unverified, but there's a lot of talk that had this actually been released there was a chance that they were looking to create a shared universe between the Fantastic Four at the time that did not have Johnny Storm. And I figured out why that was, too. Licensing problems. They didn't own Johnny Storm, so they couldn't use him. So he got replaced by a robot. Licensing. It's a crazy bitch. Yep. Yeah. It is so complicated and so ridiculous. Every song, every piece of animation, every character, every other word, every storyline is licensed to somebody somewhere at somehow some way. And you gotta have a ridiculous, you gotta have an army of lawyers in order to put together what can and can't be used. And during that series, Johnny Storm was off the table because they couldn't get the license. They got everything else. They couldn't get him, so he wasn't in that series. But this might have been a shared universe between the Fantastic Four of that time and uh, the uh, Amazing Friends. So it would have shared universes with them. Well, it would have been handy with Iceman being around. So Right. Mm-hmm. So who's the next character that shows up first? Does he get a pass? <laughs> Who? Is he a pass or a fail, if Professor X? I'd say he's a kind of a pass concern it's it's a standard professor xavier yes it is with the wheel with a wheelchair in fact he's he's the exact professor of the 80s like literally yeah. ripped off the comic book pages yeah. i mean the, the only thing that would tip it towards the fail factor for me no future chair <laughs> yeah, yeah but the future da- future chair doesn't come until like the we, 90s yeah. we grew up in the 90s yeah. so we're used to future chair but yes, he always had the stupid X wheelchair. That was that was his thing for so many years. And even years after that, they took him back out of the future chair and put him back in a normal one for a while. Then yep. again, he was also walking for a while. And then yeah, then he got yeah. then his legs got repaired, and then he wore like an exosuit type of thing, and then he died and went to the astral plane. And then let's not get into Professor Xavier. Xavier's awesome, excellent adventures. Whatever. Right. Don't worry, we'll come back to Xavier here in a little while once we get to the actual plot. So I'm a pass on him. I, I think he's fine. He's standard. He's exactly what we had in the comics. Yeah, I'm a pass on him as well. He's, now he's let's talk Kitty like Pride, since she technically is the first one we see good guys. Now, when I saw Kitty Pride, I'm like, this doesn't look like a typical Kitty Pride that I'm used to. <laughs> Which one are you used to? Well, I'm either used to X-Men Evolution. All right, okay. And or the uh, movie Days of Future Past. Either way, her with dark brown hair. Understandable. Not carrot top hair color. Yeah, yeah, I'll kind of give you that one. 
I don't know, when she first stepped out, and I was like, who the fuck is you supposed to be? And then all of a sudden it was like, Kitty Pride, this is Charles Xavier. And I was like, oh, God, first of all, exposition. Well, Second of all, she really? doesn't get her costume. Okay. She doesn't get one of her 50 costumes. And yes, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, no, he's If not you kidding. read the 80s, 80s stuff for Kitty Pride, she has a different costume almost every single book. Yep. Not a joke. She was, she was growing up. So that's Kitty Pride of the 80s. That's Kitty Pride of the 80s. <laughs> the hair change? I was going to say the first one, the hair looked normal. That's Kitty Pride of the 80s. Mm-hmm. That looks more like a first class costume, but. Yep. That's Kitty Pride of the 80s. You see where I'm getting with this? Yeah. That's Kitty Pride of the 80s. She had a different costume almost every single frickin' month. Yeah. <laughs> you see how many of these I can find? Oh, it, it's her little pet that she gets at the end of the Lockheed. Pilot. Yep. Yep. The most common costume for Kitty Pride technically became this white and black thing right here, this yellow and black thing right here. Mm. That was pretty much what she was supposed to wear, but she would constantly change her outfit almost every month because she was Kitty Pride and oh my god, she was a child and it was the 80s. So don't question her costumes too hard. I'm questioning don't question his costume. Okay. Yeah, I'm questioning Colossus. No, don't, don't, guys, don't, don't guys Colossus. Colossus costume in the late 80s was a Speedo. Yep. That's it. Everybody talks about ladies in comics. You could see Colossus ball sack. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. That Balls dude wore That dude wore nothing. Nothing yep. for years in the comics. Yep. Balls of Even steel. when he very first showed up, the only thing he has on is giant knee boots, yep. a thong, and this weird open red vest connected to the thong. Because yep. it's open on the chest and open on the arms and open on the side. He just has a vest that connects to the thong, which is connected to a belt. Connected to shoulder pads. That was Colossus of the... In fact, in this show, yep. he's wearing that. Yep. We'll get to him. So Kitty Pride, standard street clothes is what we got this time. Fail. You think it's a fail? Okay. I, I think since she's supposed to just be a 15-year-old kid in the 80s, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Because she's not an right. X-Men yet. Yeah. But then again, this was also during the late 80s, so... Right. Yeah. This yeah. is this is when she first shows up. She's not in the X Men yet, and the closest thing we get to her being in costume is the spacesuit. With, yeah, was yeah. the spacesuit with the X on it. I, I I'm actually fine with her. Yeah, exactly. I'm all right with it. So we got fail, pass, pass. That's fine. That's her grade. <clears throat> Who are we on? Uh, next up, since we're in the danger room, Cyclops? this is Scott Summers, also known as Cyclops. Fine with him. Blue 80s condom suit, I'm fine with it. I prefer the 90s suit more, but I'm, I'm fine with him. Yeah, the fact that he's in the full condom suit, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's just something we've yeah. seen. Yep, that that's a that's... standard of his character for so many years. And once again, literally ripped from the book. Literally, that was his. Yeah, that was his costume in the '80s. So it's not like I can complain. They got him literally off the page. Yeah. And I, I will say, I like one effect that we didn't get in our '90s: the eyes glowing behind the visor. I yeah. like that. 
that you could see that he actually has two eyes. They're like these red blurs behind the visor mm-hmm. until he uses the power and the whole visor lights up and fires. Yep. With, with Cyclops, I kind of question two things. One we might bring up later. We will. Are you talking about the table? Are you thinking about the table thing? We're going to talk about that because yeah. that's awesome. And I'll explain why that's awesome. Yep. The other thing. Spacesuit? Okay, three things then. Because <laughs> spacesuit pissed me off. Yeah, but <laughs> the other thing is, is he voiced by a Joe? Joe, One like the from... Joes? Oh, you know, he's very much the standard 80s hero archetype, so I can't say that he wasn't. Because he sounded like the guy, the guy who voiced either Duke or somebody from the main Joe. I know what you're talking about. He's yeah. very much the cliche standout I, hero I of the 80s voice actor. I've never seen the voice acting cast at the end that didn't show who did who and stuff like that. But when the, It says voice talent yeah, at voice the talent. end. But one of the names is like Frank Wall, Walker. Right. Like, Frank Welker? Yeah. You mean the guy who does Scooby fucking do? Might be the same the guy. The Welkinator who's done every voice in every cartoon since the dawn of time. So it, it might have been him that did Cyclops. <laughs> Huh. All right, hold on. Actually, I probably should have looked that up. I didn't I didn't bother because I only know one voice actor really for what this show was. I mean, I think I recognized a couple of them, but the one that I know for sure, yeah. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I know I know why he was what he was. But yeah, when okay. I first heard that this whole voice, that's like that's a Joe guy. Michael Bell Could very was well. Cyclops, Michael Bell, G.I. Joe, a real there American we go. hero. Yeah. Okay. Along with Transformers. Hound okay, Cats, well, we'll just move on. Let's move to the next guy real quick. Who is next? Uh, Colossus going through the, the mazes, I think. Colossus. And for some reason, he starts out in, like, Banana Republic exploration gear. Yep. Until he changes, and then the gear, like, goes away, and he's in his weird... Speedo vest, belt, cooker boots. Which is what we're used to. Which, yeah, so sadly, I'm used to seeing him like that. So it's, while I think it's fail, it's pass, because that really is Colossus. Yeah, he's he's pass for me as well. Yeah, it's definitely a pass, considering it's the normal type that I'm used to. From the comics I did read back then to some of the later stuff. Yep. Okay, moving on. Who's next? Uh, Dazzler, I think, was the next we saw. Uh, the, the, the sad thing with this is I only know Dazzler through the arcade game. I don't know her, period. Dazzler is introduced around the time of the Phoenix stories. Uh, they go looking for a mutant. They find this mutant in a club. It's the 70s. She's in disco stuff. And she's using her powers like uh, pyrotechnics. So nobody knows she's a mutant. She's a famous star so in their world. So uh, Yeah, sort of, except her light. She somehow uses light. She, okay, her power is very strange. She takes sound, and then she somehow turns that into light, and then she could somehow turn that into an explosive power. Hmm. So, like, what she does, the Dazzler, like, during stage shows, she does music. And then she'll use, literally, the power of her music to activate her mutant power, and she'll use it like a light show, and then everybody thought she was, like, psychedelic, man. See, for stuff like that, I could see them doing, working that in the series that they continued it, because 
You right. also have Jim and the hologram somewhere else. Exactly. So, and that's exactly what that's exactly what this girl is. In fact, if you yeah. watch her history in the seventies, she was very disco. In the eighties, she took on a Madonna look, which is what you've seen in this yeah. very eighties high socks so, type of so tracksuit thing. So she is the X Men's Jim and holograms. In a way, yes, yeah. that's exactly what she is. And somewhere in the series, you might have heard her sing if this would have went to series, and you probably would have seen her do shows and things because she probably. Had a life, she probably would have had a life outside of the X Men because she is actually famous in the yeah. in the X Men world. She's one of the mutants that's respected because depending on which continuity you're reading and at what point in time you're reading it, people don't know she's a mutant. So yeah. she's just kind of passing as a pop star most of the time, yep. or a disco star, or whatever. Hmm. So her costume is hardcore '80s, but this was the '80s. And she's supposed to be Madonna, and that's kind of what she was, so fine, I guess. But for the record, I don't like Dazzler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to be honest, I'm with Scotty, and when they were like, and this is Dazzler, and I was like, apparently you must be dead soon, because I don't remember <laughs> you ever, ever being important in the history of the X-Men, but then oh, again, no. I never read the books too much. He says, so. apparently you must be dead soon. Okay, Morph, <laughs> welcome to the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, here we go. Oh, but, no. But to me, so, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, it's, it's a fail for her as far that's as fine. Like, That's fine. That's fine. I don't know that much about her, so. So, because you don't know any of her history... You have only her look, and that's not passing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we have her look and her power, which, uh, by the way, when the power is explained, she can turn sound into light. And I'm like, cool. Nice story, bro. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> science has taught me that light has no mass. Your <laughs> weapons do nothing other than solar flare. Oh, God, I'm blinded. Yep, but then she kills those plants. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, I'm like, and she shoots little pathetic finger beams. It's very yeah. exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. So yeah. next we get to a real mutant, Nightcrawler. Oh, crap. Did you hear him? We get to a real mutant. <laughs> uh, he's fine. He's 1970s. He's exactly what he's, he's supposed to be. He's a Nightcrawler. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's Nightcrawler. Yeah. He looks perfect. That's that's every yeah. iteration of Nightcrawler ever, aside from the 2000s evolution when they give him the fucking wristwatch that turns him human-looking. He even had it in the 70s. Did he? Yeah, he would sometimes... I used to laugh, though, because when he used it, he would look like a young Vincent Price, and I would always laugh. <laughs> I'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> a young Vincent Price, that's, that's hilarious. And uh, last last on the list of the good guys... We're going to go and have ourselves a nice little Bobby with Wolverine. Okay, uh, now hold on. We're on his looks. Wolverine looks fine. Like Patch. I mean, Wolverine. Looks fine. No. He's no, very not much. Patch, the... because Patch is, he wears a fucking white wannabe fucking Scarface outfit with an eye patch on his head. Yeah, he he looks like he looks like the the brown orange yeah, Wolverine. He's, he's, he's fine. Uh, he's Canada for Wolverine. some reason he's what they refer to as classic Wolverine, which I've never understood why that's referenced as classic. Because that's the suit he wears when he first shows up to fight Hulk. No, no, he wears that yellow and blue thing yeah, with he, the awful mask with the whiskers. 
He no, wears I meant for the classic. Isn't that the, the no, brown and orange? The brown is the one they count as a classic. Yeah. I thought that's what he first showed up to fight Hulk. With. No, he no? shows up in blue and yellow. Huh. So he went from blue and yellow cat mask thing to blue and yellow that we know to that brown and orange, then back to blue and yellow for our 90s. Yeah. They call it the tiger stripe, usually, that blue yeah. and yellow. That's what it's referred to as. And then the, the this one is referred to as the classic for some reason. And here's my only guess why. Because this is the costume that he wore when he started his own personal Wolverine book. Yeah. So when he started the Wolverine stories, the standalone comic, this is what he wore. So my guess is that makes it classic because it's at the peak I, of his popularity. I, I think yeah. I remember. I think I remember some of that when I had some of those Wolverine comics. Did you have like the uh, the actual books, or did you have like the essentials? No, I I had a few of the Wolverine standalone ones. It was just kind of randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I had some of them where he went back to the the place that he got his animantium. So. I think he had his that attire in some of those. So yep, yeah, he sported this. He sported this brownish orange thing for a course, long time. How many times has he probably gone back to that? And place? in terms, <laughs> and he, actually, the way he got that costume is really weird too. He stole it off a guy during the Phoenix Saga. It was right. It was right at the end of the Dark Phoenix Saga. They're fighting on the moon with a bunch of dudes, and he gets like really torn up to the point of almost being naked, and he's fighting this dude. And he, like, I can't remember if he kills that dude or knocks that dude out, but he, like, took that suit from that dude. Hmm. And that's and then he just kind of modified it and kept wearing it for after that point. Yep. But, yeah, that, that both Nightcrawler and Wolverine, as far as their attire, is a pass for me. That's fine. Yeah, he, he looks fine. He's not, he's not my favorite by a long shot. I prefer the Tiger Stripe, but he's fine. Yeah. Again, I'm used to it. Yep. So, not too worried. Before we move on, let's oh. discuss... Okay, who... Oh, Go ahead. Oh. Storm. Perfect. Yep. Love her. In love with her. She's got the cat face. They yep. put the crown on her. It's the original 1970s first variant costume ever that she wore yep. in the history of the books. And the only thing that would have made it better, this is not being lewd, the only thing that would have made it better is if she'd have been naked. Yeah. The reason, the reason I say that has nothing to do with lewd and nothing with me wanting to see her naked. In the books, when she was introduced, she was a goddess, and she spent many pages naked. Yep. That was a normal thing for her. She didn't see the idea of hiding her body. I need to find those. It's all over, all over the 70s books. Literally yeah. all over. From her first appearance, then around the mansion, different times, she would just be naked working on her garden or whatever. And yep. people would walk in and be like, whoa, whoa, we need to, we, we need to start talking about this because, uh, this and you and, uh, issues of mine. Like. Yeah. And she would, she would often do that. They would find different reasons for like, like, uh, in the events, literally right after the Phoenix is born, like right when the Phoenix comes out of the water, the X-Men disband for vacation, and they all go out to the Banshee's home, which that's that that's that dude in the green that flies around and screams. Yep. <laughs> um, 
they go out to his home for a while. He owns this old castle. It's like passed down through his family and everything. And while she's there, one of the very first things she does is everybody's like, well, let's, let's all get settled and everything. And her way of getting settled is she walks into the room. She flips her hand. All this air goes everywhere, and the clothes basically fly off of her. And she walks around. She sits in the room for a minute. She takes a shower. That is how she's comfortable. Yep. It's how she likes to be. She's introduced in the very first pages of X-Men Giant Size Number 1 naked with the yep. wind blowing and her hair covers her up and then like the wind kind of takes care. So you don't see nothing, but that was part of her legitimate character trope yep. was she was proud of who she was and had no shame in what she was and she grew up essentially a goddess. So she didn't see the 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 moral I am ashamed of my body thing. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't understand why here in America it's okay to, you know, shoot somebody in the head with a gun. But if you, you can't see a be pair naked, of boobies, yeah. Oh no, that was something that she was very confused. She was very proud of what she was and who she was, and she did not have that kind of shame. Yeah, I, I, I'm just used to the normal the '90s X-Men. Of course, right, that's what right. you grew up with. But then again, the way that we get introduced to her kind of seems similar to her intro in the openings thing of the 90s x-men too yeah kind so, of so yeah. it's like i guess yeah because they start her up there on that so. cliff yeah it yeah. does very much resemble what yeah. we got in our first intro our our, our intro song yeah <laughs> so yeah to me it, i guess it's a pass for a storm awesome who's next okay so yeah that is all the all heroes the bad guys magneto awesome Pass, Hands down, pass, I yes. loved him. And I thought he looked so... I actually thought he looked cooler than ours. Yeah. Like the way, the, the way the shield would go around him and he was dark and you couldn't see his face and his cape would blow everywhere. I thought the animation for this thing was sick. Yeah, he definitely looked way more hardcore. White but, Queen! Pass! All the way with the pass! I loved her! Except for that voice, but that's not what we're talking We're talking about the way they looked. Yeah, exactly. Emma Frost looked fantastic yeah, wait, 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 she wait. looked perfect so why didn't she go by emma frost because because her code in the comics her code yeah her white code name queen. code name was white queen she was part of the hellfire club yeah mm. there and the, I, hell, I, the hellfire club has a white queen and a black queen i yep. I, I guess i'll just let it be a pass since <laughs> to be fair you don't really know her so yeah, yeah. i mean that you don't know every look yeah. x-men is vast <laughs> knowing everything yeah. is nearly impossible and knowing everything perfectly without prior research is impossible. I, I, I know her for bits and pieces here and there, but her attire changes throughout, too. It changes all the time, yeah. except it has one one thing stays consistent with her costumes all the time. Her costume sig signifies three things. One, beauty and pride. Yep. She's always very proud of her body and her accomplishment. She sees it as a status symbol. Two elegance and three somehow her costumes always manage to capture beauty pride elegance and bitchiness yeah there's always a standoffish to her she's unapproachable mm -hmm. you see her and she's very elegant long flowing cape she stands tall she walks straight she's very beautiful like she has a lot of pride you can tell that she carries herself and she's not ashamed to be who she is and what she is and who cares what you think and at the same time she's inapproachable cuz you could tell by looking at her she's a bitch that's why her first line which i know goes into story but that's why her first line is these pathetic men 
can't handle my power. Yeah, she's base. She's like she's like pathetic. She's like pathetic scrubless men. She's like no one can hold the power of the White Queen, and she goes down there and does her thing. And that's mm-hmm. that's her. Her costumes always signify her character tropes. Always, they always do. But they change often. But look at her costumes, and you'll notice they always have that look about them. Whether she has the long pants with the halter top thing, the cape with the little with the boots, this white queen outfit, the thigh high boots and the uh, white thong. Yeah, the weird white thong thing that she wore that came up into a bra that there was no way that was actually holding her in there. Yep. Like she always has those elements One in her costume. And you know the secret. Yeah. <laughs> does does the carpet match the drapes? Yeah. I don't know. Hold on. Haku. Yes. yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> all right so let's see uh next up would of course be the wagernaut he's fine i guess he's 80s he's not as rounded as i like he kind of looks like a bullet it looks 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 like typical juggernaut yep except his head is more bullet (laughs) well that's that was actually going to be uh part of my issue was he actually looks way better in this than he did in ours Aside from the helmet. I could agree with that. The helmet is the only thing that seems off. I'm going to say right now, the animation in this is terrific. It kind of blew me away. I was Uh very impressed with the animation. That's kind of why I question, why wasn't this picked up? It's great. And and it's exactly, it was just bad timing. Yep. It just, it fell right when they ran out of money. But I'm so glad... That it didn't get picked up. There are some things about this series that would have translated poorly, uh-huh. but at the same time would have been better. It would have been a very mixed bag, but we'll we'll get into that. We, yeah. we will. We'll get into talking about what you think would have been better and so things like next that. The okay. uh, next up is Blob. He's a fat guy. Blob. Big fat guy in his weird unitard thing. He's fine. Yeah, It's I'm, what we're used to. I'm He's just glad right. he wasn't in his boxing attire. <laughs> But yeah, otherwise it's a pass yeah. for me because uh, I'm used to hit this attire being from the arcade game. So it's like, yeah, it works. Oh, Toad. Oh no, I was about to say yeah. There's only two left, and uh, we'll we'll save him for uh, for last. Okay. Is uh, Pyro next? Because yeah, Pyro and Blob were introduced at the same time. So Pyro's Pyro's yeah. fine. Pyro looks lo- looks about the same as he did in the '90s. He hasn't. He still hasn't changed even today. They yeah. just. They literally just gave a old. They just gave another guy his suit in the X Men. Literally, there's because I think the guy who was Pyro is dead. But they literally just passed his suit on to a new guy. And you know what it looks like? Exactly like that. Yeah. It still looks the exact same. The guy's never really changed. Yeah. the The only thing that seems different is depending upon which iteration, like from this to the other. I want to say they fuck with the face a little bit. Yeah. Like, I think they give him, like, a little bit more room in the face in the 90s, whereas this one, like, there's, like, a jawline And some to the shades mask. on the eyes, too. Yeah. Well, no, because even then, in the, in the 90s, no, I think there No, he's right. After a while, he got these weird orange goggle shades. Okay. They were real dumb looking, and they stood way the fuck out on his face, but they, right. they're awful, and you noticed them. If you've seen that variant he's talking about, yeah. it's very much like he put on goggle shades and then put his mask over it. Yeah. It looks bad. Okay. But he looks bad. But since he's always looked bad, he's a pass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we move into uh, the Welkinator, a.k.a. Fred from Scooby-Doo, a.k.a. Scooby-Doo himself. 
Also, uh, let me see, Megatron from every Transformers everything, Nibbler in Futurama, yes. Jabberjaw, Garfield, Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget, Kermit the Frog from Muppet Babies, Monkey and Crunk from fucking Dexter's By the Lab, way, did you the know, hold on. A voice acting. Did you know that when this show was, was, when this show failed, at the exact time that this show failed, Marvel lost every single one of its animated properties except for one. Which one? Muppet Babies. And it ran for eight years. Mm-hmm. New, producing new episodes. It was the only thing that survived this crash yep. that cost us not getting this series. Muppet Babies was the only property they had still making money that survived, and it ran for eight years. I, yep. I remember that Marvel had the comic book rights to it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Muppet Babies. But yeah. In fact, because of Muppet Babies, there's an offshoot comic book called X-Men Babies, where all the X-Men get turned into like little babies and they're in a nursery thing doing dumb crap. Yep. Is is Xavier their nanny? <laughs> I did not read it. <laughs> I'll look it up in a minute, but yeah. Uh, Welker, who also voiced Lockheed in this, so the dragon... That we barely hear anything from. Yeah. Yeah. But he also does Toad as uh, Peter Lorre trying to do Igor, which is fucking stupid, but that's beside the point. Toad. He looks exactly like he did in the 70s. Yeah. I don't like him. In fact, I don't think I've ever really liked any variant of Toad for the most part, He's, but I think you're not supposed to. There's only one variant of Toad that I don't mind, and it's uh, the... Uh, um, the movie? No, well, the movie's all right, but at the same time, when you have Darth Maul playing Exactly, Toad, when Darth Maul is Toad. <laughs> um, no, the uh, uh, evolution, the, the fucking 90s, 2000s. Oh. Or, yeah, yeah, he 2000s. looks... Yeah, I just I, right. I always think he just kind of looks like a grubby, ugly thing, but I think he's supposed to. There's even a couple of episodes where he wears, like, the fucking... 60s and 70s costume a couple yeah. of times in that. So he pretty like, much he pretty much just always looks bad. So yeah. I guess he's fine. Yeah, when I was seeing him performing stuff, I'm like this is either a weird play on Igor or Gollum. That's kind of what he was when yeah. he was introduced in the comics. So he's kind of that's exactly what he kind of was. Yeah. So Welker did him as uh uh like I said uh Peter Lorre. You know. And uh, doing, like, an Igor impression. Okay, so, now that we've got all the characters talked about, let's talk about the show. Now, when it starts out, Kitty Pride comes to the X-Mansion. No. Okay, we'll when start it... We'll start at the beginning. <laughs> the beginning of when this, after the intro, the Joe episode. <laughs> at the start of this... Before we get be after we're out, right after we get out of the intro, now let's talk about the intro. X Men, X Men. Okay, there's an argument as to what this song was saying. Some people think it's X Men, X Men, X the day, X the day. Some people think it's X Men, X Men saves the day, saves the day. I don't remember that. It's at the very start when it goes X Men, X Men, da 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 da. I saw X-Men. the Spider Man thing, and then the episode started. 
I oh, I don't know how it. you missed it. Yeah, there, there was an intro song. Yeah, I, I got it off of YouTube. Do you got, do you, can, can you bring it up real quick so that he can hear it? Yeah, let me, uh, where'd I put it? That's right, I put it in my favorites. Yeah, cause it's, it was kind of, it's kind of a wild uh, song. Uh, unless they threw it at the end with the little team. No, no, it's, it's at the beginning. But, uh, after I heard it, Okay, yeah, you hearing that at the start? What do you think they said there? Uh, the only thing I understood is X-Men. Right. <laughs> That's why people argue over what this says. But before you play that again, I want you to think of something. For some reason, right after I listened to this, I went and got breakfast. Because for some reason, when I heard this song, I heard... X-Men, X-Men, making some eggs, making some eggs, <laughs> X-Men, X-Men, I swear it, listen to it. Okay, hold on, let's let's do this one more time, hold on, let me make sure I got my volume all the way, hold on, we don't need everybody's goddamn microphone over here, we need extra steering, hold on. There we go. Technically, it sounds more like X Men, X Men, eggs today. Eggs today, eggs today. <laughs> Telling you, I was hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I went and got breakfast. <laughs> no wonder I was hungry last night. Yeah, that might explain why I was okay. And then I watched that. Took my took my morning dump, got a shower, and then finished up the episode. And I was like, I gotta go get Scott. And then halfway driving to go get Scott, I'm like, man, I'm getting hungry. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> stop. I'll get some gas. I'll go get Scott. We'll go get food. And then I go to get Scott, and on my way back, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. So subliminal advertising, goddammit. After that ridiculous song. It opens for Stan Lee to talk, and he's pretty much the narrator. And the very first line spoken by a character in the entire show is, I hate mutants. It just starts. He, the dude's driving the truck. He says, I hate mutants. You mean the cab? The, the, the guy driving in the, uh, the, the truck. Yeah, the guy in the truck. The very I first, hate mutants. Yeah, those are the first words of the series, I hate mutants. Oh, right. It was the, other than, the other than army convoy was first. Never mind. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's the first line spoken in this series by a character. Yeah. I thought the kitty thing was first, but it was the convoy. No. Then we... it's, it's Stan Lee as a hawk comes flying yeah. through and lands in the middle of a road. Lights. And then lights and some cars going by and the hawk flies off as Stan Lee goes, Be careful! Your friends are terrorists! They're going to kill you if they're a mutant! Dang, man! You're getting hard gonna, over gonna here! Gonna die! Gonna die! Gonna die! Gonna <laughs> die! I was like... From Stan Lee? What the fuck? He's he's always if you ever read some of those old books and see how he phrases things, he gets he gets way, way he was the master of exaggeration. Yeah. So that's why I was like, wait, what just happened? He was a showmanship but, exaggeration master. Yeah. But then we go into a convoy of military vehicles and go, God, I hate mutants. Yep. Followed by there's a there's like the semi tanker truck. Sitting at the back, like literally, it's a tanker truck, like it's supposed to be dropping off gasoline, but it's got some weird energy over it, and you're like, "Yeah, we're hauling that mutant. Can't wait to kill him." And then they go inside, and there's a general, some scientist dude, and Magneto in the thing, going like, "I'll get you!" and like 
bending this, you know, bubble that's supposed to be encasing him. I kind of wonder how they captured him. It's uh, indisclosed because there's no way they could explain it. Yeah. That's why. Because if the military had actually somehow subdued him, they would have killed him by now. Yeah. And had they just captured him, it's feasible to believe that they can't exactly poke him with a metal needle and they can't exactly shoot him with a metal bullet. So they probably were taking him somewhere where they would gas him or whatever and then they'd probably kill him gas that way. flamethrower Right. Something. So it's it's feasible, as ridiculous as it is, to believe they have to take him somewhere to dispose of him. Fe- yeah. Followed by a more hardcore commander, uh, 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 yeah, com- uh, uh, Cobra commander line, if I could speak today. I do. Uh, I, I, my terrorist, the Brotherhood, yes, will be here he to says, save me soon. Release me or die. He literally says, the Brotherhood of Evil Terrorists. He says, my, my, my brotherhood of evil mutant terrorists. Okay, Cobra. Now, remember remember how in our show there was a moral question that we could ask and we could say, was Magneto right? Okay, we can ask that question and we could say yes or no or maybe, and maybe he's a little extreme, but, but you could question him. This guy is a bad guy. Yeah, Period. There's no, there's no question. He refers to himself as a terrorist. There's no gray area here. Yeah. He is here to cause terror, to scare the living pants off of you, <coughs> so that way then you will run and hide and poo in your pants, because I am Magneto, the master of magnetism. So after this, he gets loose because... The White Queen. The White up. Queen. And by the way, this is this is amazing. This is something our show was missing. Oftentimes I would say, how did you do that? What was that? How can you do that? Why does that work? Oh, that's what, that's, I, was, that's that, what I was asking when uh-huh. I saw these things sinking in the highway. Because they weren't. Yeah. yeah. This is brilliant. And this is something like Jean Grey, we never got to see her do anything. Well, in this, the White Queen shows up in her very first, very first second, stomping down on the floor. Her feet land. She puts her hands to her head, and she gives everybody there a hallucination that they're sinking into the ground. And all the soldiers start jumping out of the trucks, and they think they're dying. They abandon the vehicles and heavy artillery, and they run for the hills because, as far as they're concerned, in their mind. They're dead. They're drowning in quicksand. They've got to go. So they're scrambling for their lives trying to escape. She gave them fear and then showed them why they were afraid and then Mm -hmm. induced that feeling to a ninth degree and they ran away. Then as soon as they're clear, she stops using her power and you see that the truth of it was nothing happened at all. Yep. All the trucks are just sitting there and they just basically stopped them, turned them off, got off and left. Yep. Because they thought they were in trouble. It wasn't actually happening. Then she creates a mind bolt. She throws it at the truck, and it causes no damage to the truck. So my guess is this is an actual sort of mental mental thing. I think she threw power somehow. It makes no sense. It looks weird, and it's confusing right. that they would have done it this way. But it's just like it's just like Magneto makes yellow circles. She threw this yellow bolt. It doesn't cause damage to the truck. As soon as it hits, Magneto's powers magnify like a hundredfold and he breaks out of that thing. I think she threw the perception of his own power at him. So she said, you're stronger, stronger, stronger. And proof of this is that in the comics, the very first time it was ever revealed to us that Iceman is an Omega-level mutant, 
was because Emma Frost possessed him. Yep. Because originally he didn't know that. She possessed him and then tricked his own mind into knowing that he was. She was like, you're stronger, do more. You're stronger, do more. You're stronger, do more. And he literally did more to the point where when it was done, he was like, what was that? And she was like, it's always been there. You just don't know how to use it. Yep. She's like, you know, with my help, had you been trained in my school, you would be an Omega level mutant right now. Literally, the crap that you've learned here has held you back. Yeah. Yeah. So she showed him that she can detect things in people. She can see where your limits lie. And she can get them out of you, but she kind of has to manipulate you to do it. And that's, I think, what happened here, because Magneto could not break the field, and then all of a sudden he broke it like it was nothing. Yep. And Magneto is uh, one of those guys who can literally lift up... uh, Oh, I don't know. Let's just say uh, all of San Francisco. Yeah, he's outrageously powerful. So, so yeah, uh, that was that. was that. Then we get to go to the X-Mansion because, yes, Magneto escapes. Yeah. Throws a guy in the water and runs yeah. away. So, meanwhile, here, here you go, driver. Here's uh, money for the cab fare. Yeah, yeah, shut up and get out of my face. This place creeps me out. Boop! Yeah. So, wow. I hope I didn't have any bags in the back. <laughs> so, Professor Thanks, Professor Xavier's power is to invade people's privacy, and <laughs> he did this. So he sent a threatening letter, basically, to a 15 year old child saying, "I know 14. you're a mutant." I'm yeah. 14. I'm not yeah. a child. I'm 14. I know you're a mutant. I know you have mutant powers. I know what they are. Come see me. Now, this is a 14-year-old kid. You, now, 14 years old, she's still going through puberty. She's figuring out what life is. She's all confused. Her, her, her being a teenager is difficult enough on her psyche. And then some guy say, uh, and the whole world is against mutants to the part where they're talking about concentration camps and determent camps. Yep. And then all of a sudden, some guy sends you a letter saying, I know you're a mutant, and I know what your power is. Come see me at my school. Or else. And he, then he didn't say anything else, but, but there's a possibility that in her mind, essentially she was being blackmailed. Yeah. She was going there, and even when she gets there, she kind of argues with him. She's like, oh, no, the X-Men are mutants. That's definitely not me. And he literally, he goes, <laughs> let me explain to you what my power is. You see how I just created this hologram from my mind? That came out and did like a bunch of donuts in front of me. <laughs> you <and they> did. <laughs> what was that about? And then yeah. he was like, he was like, check me out. Yeah. Doing yeah. donuts here in the wheelchair. By the way, follow me down this hallway six feet. Yeah. He could have literally been like, down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm over here. Come on. Instead, like, here's a like prediction. Do, do like you said, like, like you said before, Morph is one door down. Morph, get her. <laughs> 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 Professor Xavier. <laughs> Professor Xavier's ridiculous. He's like, I'm going to create this mental projection, roll down the aisle, do like four donuts, talk to her for a while, and then drive her back. I could have literally said, I'm down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm and, th- in- and then we get into the into the danger room controls, where this is Cerebro. A computer. It helps me find everything. Yep. You see this window behind me? It's to the danger room. Meanwhile, he's got camera flashes of all this shit going on, including mm-hmm. in two different scenes, 
a camera that's like on his face showing him yes. talking as he's talking. That's, that's like, kind of bizarre that he has cameras you know, set up all over and two of the cameras are in that room pointed at him and her because so, they so appear on the view the screen. Baseball scene. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, what yeah. the hell am I looking at? <laughs> this is now. This is now. <laughs> well, go back. We can't. That was then. This is now. This is now. <laughs> well, when are we? Now. Now, now? Now's now. Now, now. Yeah. No, sir, that then. was in the past. This is now. Yeah. When will then be now? Yeah. Yep. It's like, what the... <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, the, then we go into, okay, here are the X-Men. Here's the introduction of Scott Summers, who's supposed to be the uh, brilliant tactician who trips over a rope and gets himself caught. So he goes, oh, well, crap. Well, he wasn't that caught because that machine came at him and he was like, all right, this exercise is over, Browp. Well, he's, he does that after he trips the rope and then, like, a net comes up and he's like, ah, hell, how am I getting out of do-do-do-do-do-do-do? He's like, what the? Uh, Browp. Okay, I'm... Uh, I'm safe now. Safe now. <laughs> Colossus is running in that crush a man to death yeah. room which Breaks it's a flashlight it's a good thing that he's being tested in that room because if any other x-man had accidentally walked into that thing storm had been like doo 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 oh crap claustrophobic death or claustrophobic destroy the mansion technically only two other people would have been fine the first would have been wolverine except he would have been hurting yeah and then the <laughs> other one would have been nightcrawler because nightcrawler don't Poof. need to run Ah, uh, hell. Yeah. Oh, Wolf what's that? The exit? Wolverine had walked in there, and that thing would have been like, he'd have turned around and be like, ah, and it would have hit him in the face. Crikey! <laughs> Crashed into the wall. Crikey! <laughs> oh, Miss Bleen. Oh, Miss Bleen. <laughs> By the way. Tin Man, give me a hand. I can't feel me legs. So now we go on to Nightcrawler, I believe, was the next one introduced, right? Uh, I was going to say, Colossus found an alternate way no, out of that next, maze. No, next but... was... Uh, yeah, he did. Maze. Yeah, Colossus just got done with the training exercise and was like, you know what? I'm just... Yeah, he's like, I'm done with this. Because, yeah, the next <laughs> then we go is, on to uh, Dazzler. Who's yeah, Dazzler. That's right. She shoots plants with light sound. Yeah. Yeah. Followed by... And who's that guy? Oh, that that's Nightcrawler. Bamf. Yeah, he, he's mastered the art of uh, GTFO, fight or flight, uh, runaway teleportation. There Bamf. is one thing about this show that was interesting, though. They were they were showing powers accurately in surprising ways. Because he even says he has line of sight transportation. Mm -hmm. They said they literally said he has to know, otherwise he's making a guess and it's dangerous. They just didn't say it in so many words. Yep. Which kind of comes in handy at, in the finale. Yep. yep. But then, yeah, because he, he bamps to one side of the cliff, the little golem thing that's fighting him, you know, turns around to go to hit him, he bamps away. Oh, and by the way, that's Wolverine. He has uh, razor-sharp claws made out of adamantium that can cut almost any metal. Oh, so you guys are already acknowledging vibranium? Good! Yeah, it's kind of crazy that, yeah, in a way they are. Because they're like practically anything. There's one or two things on this planet that he can't get through. Vibranium armor, that's a problem. And uh, other things made of adamantium. Yeah. Not a problem, but very difficult. So that's kind of cool that they went into that, that, that level. They were singing it, but they weren't. Yeah. 
they also uh, they also go out of their way to do something with Storm that's really interesting. It's a it's a throwaway line, but it's so important it blew my mind. This This is Storm. She has the power to control the weather. We're not sure how that works. Now the reason they did that is because towards the end, she's gonna do something that you would say, I don't think her powers work that way. But you know what? You can't argue with it because the professor literally said, we don't really understand how she does what she does. She just does it. So it works. So it works. So yep. Doom Guy? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. They gave, they gave her a Doom Guy so that she could Doom Guy near, near the end of this episode. Although considering the fact that Storm is Omega... Yeah. And even at this point, she's Omega. She just doesn't have full control. Which is another reason they literally say, we don't understand her. Yeah. As, as I found her, and she was a goddess. And uh, I brought her here. Yep. And she can control the weather, but at the same time, she can do things that don't make sense. Like, she can absorb electricity and shoot lightning bolts from her hands. Yep. That's not controlling weather. That's something else entirely, and we don't quite understand it. But that storm. Yep. Followed by, hey, Cyclops, gather up the crew. I got somebody that we want you to meet. Bamf. Oh, hello. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Through the computer. Before we Uh, go any further. fried the computer. (laughs) The reason for the Australian thing. The Australian Jace. The actor, the actor who was playing him, was hired evidently as the voice director for both Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and this. And in Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Wolverine is also Australian. Mm -hmm. Why? This guy claims that the studio forced him to be Australian. That originally that 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 was not what they had in mind, but for some reason, because of literally, and I quote, the popularity of Crocodile Dundee, there was a there was a CEO. Hey, we got to do this because this is a toy commercial. We got to make money, and Crocodile Dundee for some reason is selling right now. He, that guy's Australian, so that's how that happened. Because all these shows that we grew up with, they were toy commercials, and this is no different. And they wanted two things they could sell. Remember when I told you the '90s was always in trouble of being shut down because they wouldn't play nice. And the studio was always pissed because they were demanding things like the X-Men have pets and weird Scooby-Doo things and uh, be able to be able to just have black and white, this is a good guy, this is a bad guy, punch the face. That's what they wanted. That's what this show was going to be because the studio had their claws in deep. So we were going to get a pet a pet dragon that we could do comedy routines with, like he would steal people's clothes or do dumb crap, and we could laugh at it because we need a He-Man-esque wizard guy that's kind of useless but useful. Yeah, like, that's what they wanted, because they they know that kids are going to watch it and they want to be able to play to this. Well, at the same time, they wanted to play to other ideas, too, like, this is the black and white bad guys. These guys are bad guys. They're going to destroy the world. We go punch a face. There's no never mind, and there's no questionable atmosphere about it whatsoever. And while you can say, oh, uh, humans don't like mutants, you're not allowed to actually talk about what that extent is. Now, with, with Wolverine finally speaking, for the first time, I'm like, the fuck did he just say? Exactly. Did, did, did he have a fucking stutter? 
on top of a bad Australian accent? Well, <laughs> considering the fact that uh, I'm looking up some of this dude's voice uh, voices for uh, voice acting gigs, and apparently he was mainframe from G.I. Joe... So a lot of GI Joe. Not Australian. Yeah. See, you see what I mean? This came down from on high. They told him, make him Australian. So it was not this guy's choice. He's, he said this at different cons where they've talked to him. He said, I get it. People were mad. It happened in two different things. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. He was Australian and here he was Australian and everybody gives me shit for it. That was not my decision. Let's see. Phil Nebelnick and Simon Wells from American Tale, the Five Goes West one. Uh, Men in Black, he ended up being, uh, well, the Men in Black cartoon, anyway. Yeah. He ended up being uh, a couple of, like, some of the big bads and then some of, like, the random shit, like, you know, some of the worm guys. So, um, going so, yeah. on going on from Wolverine, we go up. Uh, oh, a some kind of distress call. Well, Kitty accidentally, because... Oh, yeah, she accidentally phases through the computer and fries it. They took this right out of the comic books. If you know if you know Nightcrawler today, you don't know this. If you knew Nightcrawler from reading the books, you know this. Nightcrawler was a horn dog. Yep. He hit on anything that moved. So we kind of have a gambit in... In a way. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if it moved, if it had yabos, he was all about it. Like, he was, he was always the first guy in the room to be like, oh, look at her. Uh, weird uh, sexual phrase that we can kind of say under our breath here. Yeah. And that he would, all the time. And he was kind of, he was kind of a, a horn dog. And this show kept with that trope. They pulled him right out of the comics. But the only girl he had to hit on was 14, which is really creepy. Yeah. Yep. So he hits on 14-year-olds, and then she, uh, because she knows there's something wrong with that. At least and, it's not nine going on to... Yeah, she right. accidentally phases through the computer, and her power, when she does this, when she phases through something, it causes anything electronical or mechanical malfunctions when she phases through it. That's even her powers, even today. She's yeah. actually, she's one of those characters that is very deadly to things like Sentinels. Yep. Because they would do things like the Sentinels would come out and Colossus would take her and throw her through the chest cavity of one. Because she'd just kind of fly through it, let herself face, she'd land on the opposite side of it, and the thing would stutter and pop and explode. Yep. I, I kind of wonder how their design of the Sentinels would look on this series if they did it this way. Oh, they would have been hardcore 80s, exactly yeah. what they were in the comics, which would have been cool, actually. They were kind of yeah. cool looking back then. Yeah, the 80s Sentinels were cool. The 90s Sentinels were... They're and... fine. But, Fucking uh... The 2000 Sentinels, oh, God. Fucking... They went... Jesus. They went from this point, um... Then Wolverine comes up, because they save her, and they do something real quick that you had to be looking to catch. Yeah. There's little things they're throwing in for powers, like uh, as soon as she fell, the danger room went crazy, and Storm... Went into like a storm. Yeah, it went into mode, a giant storm. Weather mode activated. And, uh, and they, and they did this... And Storm goes, oh fuck, hurricane. Yeah, all she did was put her hand up, and a bunch of three lightning bolts shot her in the hand, and she basically absorbed the, th the storm instantly. She was like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And, and that's like, it's such a throwaway, but it shows you where their powers really are. She was like, she was like, no, no storm. 
And yeah. we were done with that scene as fast as we started it. Yeah, she says, no, no storm. Here's a tornado. Fall safely. So then we go on to... Colossus Wolver- does not mind the rain. Yep. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. That kid better not be an X-Men, goddammit. Oh, yeah. Wolverine. No. No kid X-Men. And once again, once again, we go into this idea. Wolverine says, uh, she's a kid. She's not supposed to be here. Crikey, she's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Scott and Xavier are all about, she'll be fine. She's 14. I think it was was either here or later on when Storm said something about, remember when you first came here, Wolverine? Yeah, he he gets mad. She was like, don't you remember how scared you were when you first came to the X-Men? She says, she says, don't you remember how scared you were when you were a mutant and he doesn't answer? And the reason is because, no, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember shit. Other than waking up naked in a tank once. Yeah, so of course, so no, he doesn't remember that storm. Wow. He remembers how angry. Yeah. yeah, He remembers how angry he was when he was a free, when he first found out he was a mutant. It was, it wasn't really fear. He woke up, he was surrounded, poked and prodded and hurting, and there were guys all over the place shooting guns. So what did he do? He reacted angrily. First day as a mutant. As yeah. far as he was concerned. First like, day being alive. He remembers he, yeah. he lived before that. He doesn't remember much about it, especially what he had for breakfast that day. And that's that's partly Xavier's fault. Yep. Because Xavier is actually the guy who screwed his mind up even worse than it was already screwed up. Yep. They implanted fake memories, but Xavier literally rearranged his memories and pulled crap he didn't want in there out. Mm-hmm. He said, nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. By the way, you're my guy and you're on my team because we're best friends. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yep. He did that to Wolverine. Wolverine did not go there to be on his team. Wolverine was sent by Canada, some shadow organization in Canada, to kill Professor Xavier. And when he got there, Xavier was like, we're best friends. And he's like, what was that? Call me Chuck. We're best friends. You're on my team. I offered you a job. Uh, by the way, these memories, I don't really need those in there, and this has to go, and, uh, here's oh, yeah, some... Oh, that's definitely gone. Yep, here's some moral codes for you to follow, and here's a couple things, and I'd really rather remove this, because I don't want to deal with it, and, uh, there, there, damaged your mind, probably for the rest of your life, you're my guy now. Yep. That's literally how that happened. Even though when Xavier first, uh, in fact, to Kitty Pryde, I believe... Kitty Pryde goes, so you read people's minds, and he goes, oh, now, dear child, I don't do it all the time, I, or whenever... Uh, I use my gift yeah, responsibly. My responsibly. Like Res- screwing up... Responsibly. Yeah. yeah. I, I use my gift to screw up Wolverine's mind because he was a super powerful mutant and I needed him for my causes. And you can actually read about this in, I believe, the, I believe it's the Wolverine issue, like, 29, like, of the actual Wolverine books or somewhere in there. Yeah. So, oh yeah, alarm. Uh, Magneto is attacking because he wants the magic eight ball that we keep inside of the computer. Yep. Well, actually, no. The alarm is going off because there's some mutants attacking on a space station. No, no, they were attacking. They were attacking the mansion. Get sent away. Yeah, no, they attacked the mansion. Bring that episode up. I'm telling you, with this part, it was a. Uh, colli- the X Men gets sent off because there's some kind of. That's after. Thing. 
That's after. But but Magneto and Juggernaut was watching them leave. Yes, so that that happens. Them. But right now, yes, that's right. Because that's why they weren't there to defend, and it's the reason Kitty Pride got the eight ball. Because they went off to do something. To oh, they, they went off people. to they went off to fight um, the Blob and Pyro. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. the other guys stay behind because Magneto and uh, Juggernaut attack attack the mansion. Somehow, Juggernaut has Xavier dead to rights. But I'm guessing his eyebrows. secret eyebrow power kicked in because nothing ever came of it, and Kitty Pride ran away with the magic eight ball. But how did how did she run away with the magic eight ball? Not destroy some of the tech and stuff. And how did she not destroy the magic eight ball when she phased through the wall while holding it? Yeah, we don't yeah. know. Yeah, because technically she fucks up the targeting computers when. Oh yeah, that's just Magneto and my stepbrother. Oh God, and. Once again, at first I was like, oh shit, we need this Xavier in the 90s. Titty, stop! You're ruining our targeting computers. No, I guess not. I guess I'd rather have a uh, fucking floating Zordon head Xavier from the 90s <laughs> as opposed to uh, there's explosive really, angry dad uh, there's really, Xavier. There's really not much difference between the two. <laughs> they're both kind of bad leaders. <laughs> well, they're both bad leaders, but... At least, no, stop, don't do that, Xavier, with the future chair is better than... Damn it, I know you don't know how to control your power. Stop using them, Xavier. Right. Who doesn't seem to get it through his head. Hey, and then I know you the girl, only just got here and haven't done any training. I would also say the ridiculousness of the situation when he knows that she can't control her powers. She's already fluffed, she's already fluffed twice. He gives her the mechanical apparatus that is absolutely essential that can't be replaced, knowing that the two times she's used her powers, she's destroyed mechanical apparatuses, and tells her to run with this mechanical apparatus while phasing run. through walls. Run, child, run. Don't let them get it. Ah, crap, I let them get it. That's whatever, we'll get it back. Now, Son of a bitch. we go and we see Pyro and... The blob. The blob. In which Pyro has uh, a man, a woman, and a child trapped inside of oh, a They're saying, help us, help us, cage. help us, help us. Yeah. For now, they're saying, help us. Help yeah, us. they say help us until they're helped, and then they're like, get away from me, freak. Yep. <laughs> Should have let you stay in the fiery cage. It's like, get back in the fiery water. <laughs> get back in the fiery is, that's water. That's how humanity is nowadays. Right. It always has yeah, been. Yeah, always has been. Always, always has been. been. And literally, it's the it's the, bigotry is the one last major problem surrounding humanity. We could yeah. we could get so far if we could just kill this one massive major ridiculous flaw, because yeah. bigotry is bigotry makes people stupid in every in every mm -hmm. concept in every way. Bigotry makes people stupid and yeah. unpredictable and violent and scary. Yep. But uh, here's an, another one of these odd plot twists. Um, when they got done saving the people that need help, they just jumped, jumped into a tornado and left the space station. Well, look, because it goes down <laughs> like this. Fucking Pyro takes the flash drive. I'll put that in quotes, flash drive. Because um, obviously they didn't have those at the time in the 80s. I mean, they kind of did, but uh, they probably weren't literal, like, thumb drives. Um, takes that with all of the uh, information on the comet. And this is somehow a space station. GTFO, 
because this is a, wall this is of a fire. space station. Yeah, in a space station, no less. And then they GTFO. They save the family. The family says, fuck on you. And they're like, oh, well, shit, they got away. Oh, wait, they here comes some the police. They have all the stuff on the comet. Wee doo, bee doo, bee This is the police. Stop being mutants. <laughs> oh, and Storm goes, no, no, no. oh, Here's some... we got to go. We are the space police. Yeah. And Storm goes, fuck, GTFO time. So, tornado, everybody out. So did they just to the giant the fuck out? <laughs> to, to the giant airplane that's sitting outside. See, I actually thought this was a satellite. I, I didn't think this was in space. I thought this was a satellite uh, science station that was still on the ground. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. But you know. Because they do go to space right after this, yeah, though. Yeah, right after they go immediately. Now, to, now they go home, down. and this is a part that you wanted to talk about. When they get home, the professor's lying on the floor or whatever, and they want to put him on that table. I thought they actually transitioned to the asteroid M. Well, yeah, but I think the only thing that happens is Magneto sets up the machine and starts they, the comet yeah. towards okay, us. Yeah, because they put everything in and... Mm, master, master, yes, master. And it's like, shut up, Toad. Little dragon thing. And then, of course, to prove that they're bad guys, hey, look, we have a pet. <laughs> Fuck on you. Yeah, and that was, and but this plays into what I was telling you about. What they wanted was the, 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 the they want things like this. They want a little cute pet that they can play with and make. Ow. Yeah, good job. <laughs> they, <laughs> They wanted they wanted a pet thing that they could bring into the show that they could utilize in childish ways. And that's what they were setting up for here, is that by the end of this episode, she would have Lockheed, and that would be some sort of comic relief character. Yeah. Although, when I see the little dragon thing in there, it's like, where did it come from? It's Lockheed. Yeah. It's some alien. And it, it comes from, yeah, yeah, sure, in this continuity, it, it, sure. So, so it's the space duck. And the reason we're not going to get into what Lockheed is is because, wow. It could be deep. No. Long, it, long... It's not. He's like, a, we're not going to get into Lockheed, okay? <laughs> we're not going to do it because. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you some reading material. Hold on. Because Lockheed I'll, is. I'll take it that he's a. It takes a while to describe it. Lockheed is just ridiculous. Like, he's a spy that spies on the X-Men, and he's an a he's from another alien race. He's like a highly advanced, incredibly intelligent super soldier thing. And then I believe there was something about being, there was something about him being like royalty or something at the same time. And then, like, just, we're not going to get into Lockheed. He's ridiculous. Here you go. Here's a Wikipedia. Start reading. We'll so be back was, in a minute. He was a space dragon that showed up. That's humble. Yeah, sure. Sure. In this now. continuity, in this continuity, that's all we need to know because he does nothing. Except, mostly, except uh, bite a Magneto's ankle. Yeah. But we'll get there. Oh, and get chased around by or kicked by Magneto twice and chased by. Uh, so where are uh, we? Uh, fucking Toad a couple times. Uh oh. Okay, so now we're back at the X Mansion. Xavier. Recover Xavier. And, yeah, Colossus moves some shit to pick up Xavier. Oh, Cyclops moves some shit. And Cyclops with the ropes. There's a reason this is perfect. Because I've been saying this for a very long time. I always have to say this. Cyclops' power is all force. Yep. All of it. So when he sees the big metal table that he knows will survive the force of his beam, he just shoots all the rocks and blows them out of the way. 
And this is interesting because you know that his power does not generate heat. It does not cause damage except for what it hits. Yep. And it has enough power to punch through steel if he chooses to use it at its full setting, which means basically taking the visor off. Yep. But it's all force with no recoil. So when he saw the rocks, he lifted the visor a little bit and just blew all the rocks into nothingness, but the table was fine, and he knew it would be fine, so he puts the visor back down. Yep. See, I expected the table not to be there anymore. If he would have taken the visor off, he would have blew away the floor. Yeah. If he would have opened his visor enough, uh, there'd be no more mansion. Yeah. Because the way... off that table, no more mansion. There kind of is no more mansion, but... Yeah. (laughs) True, true, but I mean, even... Okay, there'd be no more rubble of the mansion. That was awesome. There would have been no existence of the mansion. There would have been big open field that would have had, like, some weird-looking chunks taken out of it, and they would have been like, huh... Damn aliens, and kept kept on a moving. So now they decide that they're going to go into space to save the world because uh, evil Magneto is evil, and evil Magneto has decided to turn a meteorite towards our planet, and or a comet, rather, and if it hits our planet, we'll be in another ice age, and it'll be horrible. Oh, so we oh, all need oh, to go. Except plan. you, kid, you need to stay here. The evil plan is to control a comet and destroy most of the population on Earth, which Magneto might not know that he could get some more followers that would be killed for them in this he doesn't care because in our show there was a he was willing to make that first major sacrifice because he knew that once those nuclear bombs hit mutant liberation would be declared the war would begin and people would come by the thousands saying magneto is right but in this continuity he's like just kill all of them just kill all of them. We'll just plunge the entire world into an ice age, and then uh, we'll offer solitude to whoever happens to live through it up on our fun little asteroid base. Yep. Because why? Because him and his brotherhood of evil mutant terrorists. Like, it's very yeah. black and white. This is 1980s. This is Skeletor. This is, this is Rita Repulsa. This is Cobra Mass. Commander. This is Cobra Commander. This is mm-hmm. bad guys. Oh, and yeah. by the way, Kitty's still... Scared shitless from a uh, nightcrawler. <laughs> I would be too because uh, yeah. also when he left the when when he leaves this time he turns around gives a little eye movement and says says like farewell mine child. Yeah. Call the cops. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. <laughs> I'm 14 years old. Call the police. Yeah. Nightcrawler is fun to get you. <laughs> He can teleport in and out. As long as he can see you, he's coming for you. But X-Men in spacesuits. Except Wolverine. No. No? He's in the spacesuit. I, sw- I could have sworn there was a scene where literally everyone is in a spacesuit. Like, after they get on the asteroid, everyone's oh, yeah. in a once, suit once except he, Wolverine. Once we get inside, yeah, he's like the first guy out of the suit, yeah. Everybody else stays in it, even Cyclops, who does... I blast through fucking. There, there we go. That's yeah, where we yeah. are now. When they get into space, and Kitty Pride is is stowed away. Which okay, yeah. Let's let she's gonna phase on, with though. a spacesuit. Hold on, let's let's somehow. get there properly though. Because first, Storm, her power's weird because she can hold a person and phase with them, or hold an item and phase with them without actually phasing through what she's touching. And when she phases, her power's really weird because she becomes completely intangible. Mm-hmm. And she can walk through this wall, but she doesn't fall through the floor. Yep. 
You see what I'm getting at about how why her power? She can somehow pick and choose what she's intangible to. Yep. But yeah, let's let's get there properly. First, flying up on the Blackbird. Excuse me. Okay, Storm, as soon as we blow the airlock in the vacuum of space, we need you to create an oxygen bubble so we can breathe. Can do, Scott. Why? Because Omega level we don't know. Yeah, because they already gave that to her. They already said she controls weather, and they they include that as atmosphere. And since she shoots lightning from her hands, and that has nothing to do with, with, with weather, then we really don't know what she does, so just let her do it. So, so now, somehow she can hold the atmosphere, the artificial atmosphere, inside of the space station, inside the space station. Why can we not argue with it? Because goddess. Yep. She so, can do it because. So now we get to... Uh, now why does Cyclops make no damn sense? <laughs> no, no, we're not there yet, because next up... Good eye, Mike. Welcome to the Bobby. Oh, just Pyro. No, no, we, no, 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 no. We're not there yet. In order to get in, they decided that she would hold the atmosphere in and Cyclops would blow a hole in the wall. Yeah. Now, oh, there's yeah. a problem here. <laughs> the helmet. The helmet he's wearing would be fucking obliterated if yeah. he lifted his visor. Yeah. The, the ruby quartz stops his eye beams. That thing that he does, and I don't understand how this would work because he touched his helmet... Not the visor. In the actual continuity, the way this thing works is there's a little knob here that he goes, and he decides exactly how much the visor opens. When he pushes, there's a medical apparatus that opens the visor. So he pushes it. It opens this much. That's wow. That's a containment beam. It's just enough energy. He opens it a little more. That's going to hurt. A little more. That's going to hurt. He just takes the visor off. Someone's dead. No, 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 no. It's a little bit. Okay, that opens up a hole. Little bit more, okay, that person's hurting. Little bit more, that person's dead. Little bit more, that person's dead and the guy behind him is hurting. All the way off, everybody in this room is dead. This house is demolished. For the next, like, 20 miles, it's going to be a straight wave of nothingness. Master mold, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Browp, we got to go. That, that always works. We're in trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... So, but he, he opens the visor, I don't know how, cause he touches the outside helmet, and the visor opens, and it goes through the windshield of his visor, and hits the building, and blows the hole in the fucking building. Yeah. But how did he not blow the helmet off yeah. his head, and die instantly in space? Yeah. Comic books. That's all we can do here, and we have to move on. Or maybe somehow, because Storm can just do this, she held the atmosphere in his helmet or something. But then still... How are they floating, But still he's in space, so still the cold of it would still freeze him to death. No, because she controls the weather. She can just do this. She can just do this, and we can't argue it. Doom guy. No, Storm girl. Storm girl. Because reasons. Because Storm Girl. The script calls for it, damn it. All best superpower ever. I'm staying by that. Yeah. Everybody always asks, if you could have one superpower ever, what would it be? Doom, Doom guy. guy. That's Whatever it. Whatever the script needs Whatever the script needs of me, I could just do that. Which means Doom Guy stole from Storm Girl, because the power is whatever the script needs it to be for the scene in the animated it's a, show. It's a power in Marvel. Yeah. It's a power in Marvel wow. continuity. 
kind of like the kind of like Scarlet Witch. She has the same kind of power. Yeah. Hexes. Whatever the script calls for. She destroyed the entire mutant race by saying no more mutants, but she didn't kill herself and she didn't kill like 5% of the mutant race that was somehow randomly selective uh, because, and then she was forgiven because the script calls for it. Yep. Anyway, inside. We got Pyro. Right, so yeah, Pyro, which, ah, I'll deal with this idiot. Throwing the, throw, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. Yeah, Kamehameha, bitch. dude, he, like, he got he got bitched hard. He was like, "Hey, mates," and then she was like, "Tiny orbs of light," and it was it wasn't hurting him. It was like an inconvenience. He had to keep putting up his hands, like, "Ah, shit! Ah, ah, shit! Stop it!" Ah, shit. It was yeah. almost like he was in gym class, and everybody was aiming at him. Yeah, <laughs> and he had no other. He had no ball of his own to throw. Yeah, and meanwhile, she's literally, like I said, she's throwing, like, fucking energy balls like Dragon Ball Z, just like, uh, yeah, uh, and there's enough time where he's like, ah, fuck, and, like, literally, if he was like, you know what, I've had enough of this, boom, flamethrower. But instead, he did nothing. Yeah, instead of, <laughs> he ah, just, crap, He ah, just crap. got his ass kicked over and over so, again. So, Dazzler stays behind to keep Pyro. So, we've lost Dazzler. Yeah, now we've lost Dazzler. So, she, so, so, we're going to assume that she fought the whole time back there because, uh... We'll assume. Because, Yeah. She, she's got to keep him uh, at bay. So then Wolverine fights. The next uh, next match uh, is next Wolverine is versus Toad. Toad falls in the cave and it collapses. While no, Wolverine... no, no, no. First, Toad jumps at Wolvie and tries to throw him, and he lands on his feet. And he goes, yeah, no, I'm not playing that game. So he swipes at the fucking wall that fucking Toad is on. And the beam falls over. I thought so that was cool. Starts to cave in. I thought I so thought he, this fight was yeah. cool, even though it was mismatched and Toad stood no chance. Yeah. It was nice to see that Wolverine once again seems more trained than the other guys. Yeah. When this dude could even even getting the jump on Wolverine could not outdo him at all. Now, now Followed he, by Toad jumps into the cave and Wolverine slaps at the ceiling and causes a cave in. Now, hey, oh, let me out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now here's my issue. Yep. Toad's stuck in the cave. Why did Wolverine, Why did Wolverine stay, stay there? Why is Wolverine still staying here? Yeah. Reasons. Exactly. Because the script called for it. Because the script called for it. Because the script called for it. Because, yeah, he just stays there. There's no reason we've already Wolverine's won that fight. Some boars. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so Wolverine stayed behind to smoke there. Yeah. He was like, it's, shit. It's the 80s. He needed a cigar. He was like, yeah, shit, that stinky, that stinky bastard. And he lit up his cigar, and he's like, go on, I'll catch up. Yeah. So there, for but whatever reason. it's the 80s, we can't show people getting hurt, and we can't show people dying, and we can't show people, like, actually fighting, which is why it's all blue and red and green lasers <laughs> everywhere. Right. So That's we move why. on. We move on from there. Yeah. Juggernaut. This was cool. Uh, I yeah. liked this. Wait, wait. It was either Juggernaut or the Blob. We'll just say we'll just say it's Juggernaut, Juggernaut just because we know next. that that one. Oh yeah, Juggernaut was next. Juggernaut okay. was next because we lose Colossus here because Juggernaut rips down a pipe. Dude, that was and awesome. Colossus goes, uh-uh, catch. Who's gonna stop the Juggernaut? I am. I am. And the kid, they walked at each other and they were folding up that big metal giant structure. I was, I was into that. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Then they got up there and they were looking each other in the face and he hits Colossus. Bam! And Colossus is like, wait, wait, oh, wait. okay. Punch only fight. Yeah. Okay. 
Bam. Exactly. So then Bam. they get, yeah, hey, then you they, hit me twice. They, I know I mashed the button too many times. Hold they, on. Yeah, they started a punch fight. Dude, I thought that was cool. And I can I it left it to my imagination, but look, here's what I'm excited about. They punched. Yep. Dude, that's such a big deal because it's weird. Later on, these cartoons will start getting start getting warnings. I'm telling you, this is not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. You can look it up in the censor reports. It was said before Spider-Man ever went on television, they got a warning from the network that says, he punches anybody, your show is canceled. Yep. Spider-Man may not throw a punch in the entirety of your show. So it's just him swinging around and doing like web flips and webbing a guy and kicking him, or maybe he'll toss them. He never yep. threw one punch the entire series. Not one punch. In this, two titans of destruction had a girder fall on them. They crunched the girder like a freaking xylophone. And then they were like, I'm in your face. And he's like, you about to get out of my face. And they threw down with actual punches. They said, wham to the gut. And Colossus said, that tickles. Wham. And Juggernaut said, yeah, yours too. That was awesome, and I can just imagine how crazy that fight was as we as we left that room. They probably tore a part of that station up. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. wins that fight? Juggernaut. But still, it's an awesome fight. Yeah. And then we get Nightcrawler running into the blob. Yeah. Nobody moves to the blob. And I like how he's just oh, like, I'll just be going okay. now. I wasn't actually going to move you anyway. Actually, that guy's last, because now we have Cyclops runs into the White Queen. Oh, yeah, Cyclops and the White Queen. And uh, she goes to throw one of those again, bolt things. Uh, something we forgot to mention earlier. We have hardcore douche nozzle Scott, because when we're at the observatory while, you know, Pyro's downloading shit, hey, knock it off, or I'm coming for you. Yeah, yeah, calm down, X-Men. We're no, we're you coming let them for go. you, Nick. Yeah. You let them go. They're not a part of this. Well, they are now. But you, you mother... Like, he literally wanted to rip the visor off at that <laughs> yeah. point. Now we get to the White Queen. Oh, you puny, you puny idiots are standing on top of my rock. Bitch, I'll show you... Yeah, I'm going to show you about this rock. Yeah. And he immediately goes into... The, the, he doesn't go to fist fight or anything like that. She's like, I'm the White Queen. I'm about to move you. And he's like, bitch, move this. Brown. Yeah. And immediately starts in with the eye lasers. And then she starts throwing those weird psychic spear things. Yep. And you notice that they stopped the vi- they stopped the beam. Here's the only thing I could give to that. The only way I could explain it. She could actually telepathically tell him without him even realizing he was doing it to drop the visor yep because he probably got off one shot he got off one shot bam and all she would have to do is psychically implant uh you think you're opening the visor and then he would be like man i can't get this bitch and he just keep tapping the side of his head and nothing would be happening but that's what she wants because as long as he thinks they're having a heated battle she could just move on yep she didn't have to fight him she just has to make him think that he is fighting her, and since there's no psychic on the team to protect the X-Men right now, she's actually the most dangerous thing on the field, not yep. Magneto. <clears throat> yep. If she wanted to, she could destroy Magneto by saying, oh, brain aneurysm, we're done here. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's not a joke. Your heart forgot how to work. Oh, ain't that a shame? Yeah. Professor X is the only psychic on the field, and... uh He's busy in the plane keeping the engine running. Yeah. 
So literally, she's the most dangerous thing here. So if she just makes Scott think that he's not that he is firing when he's not firing, that might have been what that first bolt thing was she threw, and then she's probably actually fighting him real yeah. for the rest of the time while he thinks he's doing lasers and she's punching his face off. Yep. Then we get to Blob and Nightcrawler, in which is the most epic battle of all. I'll just go around if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What? Where'd he go? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, where'd he go? Yeah. That's not a that, That's word for word. That's what the blob says. And I you like, can't move the blob. Bamf. I like how when he, he gets go? in, when he gets in there, even Magneto is like, yeah, yeah, that was about the worst guy ever that could have fight you. Hi. Yeah. Hi, no. Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, he's literally looking at the computer <laughs> typing, and he's just, hi, Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's like he's like, yeah, I kind of figured that wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, by the way. By the, I don't the know why Earth shall be destroyed in so much time. Yeah, the Earth's yep. gonna be destroyed in the next uh, three minutes. Well, not if we stop you, dude. Don't even just join me. I'm Magneto. Goddamn it, just join me. Five minutes. I mean, three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by, here I come to save the day. Kitty, what are you doing here? That actually was cool how she came through the floor and grabbed his hand like that, and it kind of stunned him. Yep. And he didn't know how to deal with her because he could have threw a thousand girders at her and they would have went through her. Yeah. And so this makes sense that what they did was they got him to use his powers. Then while he was revving up his magnetic powers, they pushed him back onto that pad. And who better to do it than Kitty because he can't trap her, he can't lift her, he can't mm -hmm. throw her. And as long as she's intangible, like... Dude, she's dangerous. Yeah. She's actually, she's one of the people that, uh, in the what if story, what if Wolverine had remained Weapon X and actually yeah. destroyed the universe? Like, went from one X-Man to the other, one hero to the other, and just cut his way through the Marvel Universe? She's the one that kills him. Yep. Because you can't kill him, so she does something else that's even worse for him. She put her hand through his head and then rematerialized herself. She lost her arm. Yep. But he was in a constant state of perpetual death, coming back to life and dying and coming back to life and dying and coming back to life and dying because her arm was where his brain is. Mm, yep. And she was like, well, I got no arm, but fuck you. So basically until the day that her arm rots and uh, eventually and gets eaten away. I've seen her get possessed before by the Shadow King, and she could do some other stuff that's pretty nasty. She can reach into your heart, she can reach into your chest, grab your heart, and pump it. Mm -hmm. She can mess you up so bad. Like, you're like, I'm Gambit, and I got this stick, and I'm throwing cards, and she can reach through the back of his chest and pump his heart real quick. Doo -doo. And it hurts so bad, he's done. The fight is over. She can down him in less than a second. She just, like, she stands there, he swings the staff through her, she reaches into his chest, pumps his heart one time, that causes a pomputation, he's on the ground. Fight's yep. over. He basically, he just had himself a heart attack. Yeah. Because his, his, he can give, got an arrhythmic yeah. heartbeat. He she can basically it. just give you mild heart attacks, because she, and she really wants to fuck you up. She can reach into your chest, and then... Make she, while she's intangible, she could choose the things that she wants to be tangible with her. She can grab your heart and take it out through your chest, making your heart intangible for that one moment, and then hand it to you in your hand while you sit there without it. Yep. And you're dead. If she really wants to fuck with you, she can reach in and close your lungs. Yeah. 
Oh, she could do bitch. she could do so many things and things like the sentinels and other enemies that rely on technology that they're they're nothing to her because she when she walks through technology technology gets destroyed yep i, I kind of wonder it's like concerned how often she's like running through walls and stuff it's like wouldn't you also have to worry about accidentally falling through the earth that's what I said. Her power's weird because she can choose what she's intangible to. Because she can walk through this wall right here, but she doesn't fall through the floor. Because again, but her, then again, her if power you're, is whatever the script needs it but, to be. But when if you Magneto defeated her in the mansion, she fell through. The she floor. falls through the floor. Yeah, yeah, she'll do that kind of stuff. Yes. There's there's also like uh, if you if you ever watch the second X Men movie. The girl that wakes up in the bed when the first siren goes off, when siren sits up and screams, Wah! before that soldier tags her and puts her down, all the mutants wake up. And when Kitty wakes up, she looks to her left, and that dude is there with that gun. She goes intangible and falls through the bed into the into the rooms beneath her, and then starts running away. Yeah, hmm. it's it's one of those quick little throwaway scenes that only people that know the X Men knew who that character was. That was Kitty Pride. Yeah. Just like Jubilee is in the first movie. She's in the first, and isn't she in the uh, the third? She's also in the second because when they're running, she's yeah, the, the punk. Second, she's the yeah. punk girl that's looking for a way out. Yeah. And in the first movie, she's the girl in the yellow raincoat. And Kitty's in the first movie too because when Wolverine very first meets Professor Xavier, uh, she she comes in and gets him. She's like, "Sorry, Professor," and she gets this thing off the desk and the she runs through the door. door. That's her. That's Kitty yeah. Pride. And Kitty Pride is also the argument that they're having at the very start of the movie when they say. This, evidence of a girl in Illinois who can walk through walls. Now, what's to stop her from walking into a bank, taking your money, my money, our money? Yep. They're arguing about Kitty Pride. So Kitty uh, Kitty has actually been integrated into the X-Men. She's, she's often referred to as the little sister of the X-Men. Yep. She was very important to the growing up of the X-Men, and then as she got older, she's now actually the leader of the gold team. But uh, the comet changes direction and is now heading for Asteroid M. Yep. Crappy <laughs> for them. <laughs> actually, really crappy because Nightcrawler's kind of stuck in a position where Night he has Crawler, to stay there. Nightcrawler, no, we can't leave you. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. Because apparently the comet might change course again if he lets go of the wires connected. Yeah. Because right now they're feeding off what they took from Magneto yeah. to reposition yeah. the comet, comet. And here's what makes no sense. At this point, the inertia of the comet should have already been changed. And my only guess is this. If they let go of it, Magneto would be able to reverse the comet from this point. Yep. So they would rather just hold that thing, sacrifice Nightcrawler, and guarantee that Magneto doesn't have a chance to reutilize the comet. But, of course, we're not going to sacrifice him because through through telepathy of Xavier and some video tricks, we're able to pull him out at the last second. Yep. Because, again, and the Brotherhood it's the escapes 80s. every member of the Brotherhood escapes. Yeah, because he just puts them in the bubble, because the bubble do what the bubble go where it want to go. Yeah. It do what it want to do. Yeah, bubble do what bubble want to do. So then that's how they escape. And then, of course, we have the uh, happy... Oh, no, how was I so mean to him? Yep. Oh, God. Badoo, what was that noise? <laughs> Followed by a smoking locker. So we, oh, gee, I wonder who that is. We save him, and that's pretty much the end of it. Because then we go down, and we have our little, 
1980s happy ending. Uh, you're not. Yeah, you're. You're. Yeah. Well, you just got lucky. You're not really an X Man because I'm a douchebag. And uh, happy ending, freeze frame, laughing. Well, no, because then we get the exact same line of, "Yeah, yeah, you got lucky, kid." Yeah. Don't plan on uh, doing this again because you're not coming on any missions because you're not an X Man. Yep. Yet. Right. He throws in that key word of yet. And that was so he now now that he sees her power and that, you know, she can kinda use it. I mean he's like, Alright, well with some training, yeah, no, that's not a problem, but not till you're fucking trained. She will later actually receive one on one training from Wolverine in the art of ninja and samurai. Mm. She'll actually take a sword and she'll become something that they refer to as Shadow Cat for a while. Yep. Some people think that's really cool. Some people hate it. Depends on what circle of the X-Men you're talking to. But Shadow Cat was essentially Kitty Pride with ninja skills. Yeah. Which is what made her a better, more competent, you know, soldier, in quotes, for the X-Men. Yes. So, that was the show. That was the, that was the end. That was, the, that was what could have been our series. Kitty gets her our series. dragon pet, too, at the end. Yeah, and then she gets the dragon pet because... You know where that would that would have yeah. led to exactly what I was saying. So there are things about this that would have been really cool, and things about this that would have been really bad for our because the series we got allowed us to ask a lot of questions, and yeah. like this series would have been very much like would These have been are very good much guys. These are bad guys. You must believe what the good guys say and don't listen to the bad guys. Would have been Thundercats in yeah. a way because there would have been. Dormammu evil guy type of character, and there would have been good guys. The the way I saw the animation was definitely late 80s, but it reminds me of a... I remember this TV series that there was called Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, and they had this weird animation line where they had training videos. But the animation looked similar to that, where it was like you... The animation style was similar to that, even though it was also similar to, I guess you could say, the later... Amazing Spider-Man. Right. Or yeah, Spider-Man right. Amazing Friends. Right, but that's because, yeah, that was like late 80s, early 90s type of animation. Yeah. So even though they did still have to send the animation over to, you know, Korea and Taipei and, you know, places like that where, you know, they had these, you know, animation studios that would still hand draw everything well, for you with the notes. The yeah. animation style aside, I actually think the animation style was crazy good. But yeah. I actually think it's a blessing in disguise that this did not go through because the series that we got, because this woman did not give up. She She's the one, the same woman that mm-hmm. got this one out, the executive producer, if I'm not mistaken. She's the same woman that produces R92 series because she wouldn't let it die. Yeah. She just kept trying to push for this. And then when they finally got the 90s series off the ground, she put her job on the line for it. Yep. If the 90s series would have failed, she'd have lost her job. She believed in it that much. She wanted it that much. Yep. She pushed for it. And they kept trying to add little things. Like I said, they wanted they wanted toy commercials. And they wanted, they wanted properties they could sell. And they wanted these hard questions to go away. And they wanted uh, good guys that were more good and bad guys that were more bad. And they, did, they wanted some Saturday morning antics. They wanted to know if we could add some animal characters and maybe get some comic relief going. And, and she was against that crap. Mm-hmm. It made it into this. But by the time we got the 92 series, she had a little bit more pull. And she was kind of able to sneak it in there. And then by the time she got through half the first season... 
they were calling for changes, and she was pretty much saying no. She yeah. fought the changes as hard as she could for as long as she could. And you'll also notice the animation starts to change in season two, season three, season four, until finally the animation at the end of the show is awful. Yeah. But that's because because she refused to hold back. They refused to increase the budget, yep. and the animation kept getting worse. Oh, because but, they had to cut the animation in order to get everything else to be better. But in this, the animation would have stayed steady, but we never would have got the stories that we got. There, there was yeah. there was no Jean Grey, nor was there going to be, because they only wanted stuff they could sell. Yeah. So if Jean Grey was introduced, she'd be introduced as a quick character, and they would have thrown her away. They never would have no. done Dark Phoenix. Yeah. They never would have done Phoenix. Because the Phoenix Saga in general, and especially the Dark Phoenix Saga, is way too philosophical and way too gray area. Good guy becomes a bad guy. That doesn't happen in 80s cartoons. In He-Man, Skeletor did not start out a good guy and become a bad guy and is morally ambiguous. He's a fucking bad guy. Even though he had shades of good during that weird Christmas special. but Yeah, but that's because that's a Christmas special where... oh. Santa Claus is coming. Everybody be good or you won't get your toys bought at Macy's and Sears. Go get your Macy's and Sears catalog, kids. Go buy you a brand new Nintendo. Make sure that well, you I mean, play all these shitty games. It happens, it happens in Ninja Turtles and everything yeah. of the 80s. All these shows of the 80s, they fell into this horrible trope where they were being made for one specific purpose. They were toy commercials. Yep. And we didn't want to waste time on anything. In fact, the Ninja Turtles is the worst. The Ninja Turtles did not actually write. No, I'm serious. Yeah. The 80s Turtles no, was I, not I actually. How many? how many tons and tons of figures that they made. Well, there's a reason. It, it wasn't just the figures. Actually, what was happening was Playmates made the toys first. So what ended up happening was Playmates would make a toy like the Sewer Rover, and then they would write down to the studio that had to be that that was making the making the animations, and they'd be like, "Hey, uh, new toy this week," and that's literally how this went. New toy this week. Oh, we need this featured in the show. (laughs) So what they would do was they would send a new toy down almost every week and tell them. Write this in. So they would just write the stories around the next toy that they needed to sell. It was a toy commercial. Although yeah. there, there, there probably were a few that they couldn't figure out for a while. <laughs> Look, it's, it's no just because like... even like even like the Rat King had a jet ski of death. Yeah. And they sent it down, and they said, "Hey, this needs to be featured somehow." And they were like, "Well, I don't know about writing it into the cartoon, but we're making a video game yeah, right now. Say, he can be the fourth game. boss." Yep. And then that jet ski, I had that thing. I had the toy before the game came out. Yep. Because what was happening was they were releasing the toys. They needed kids to buy the toys, so it needed to go into a property that was noticeable. So they would be like, hey, we made a fucking, we made a, a, a gun that shoots sewer lids. It has to be in tonight's episode. Yeah. And so they would have to write an episode around it so they could actually get it in there. And that's all our show was. And He-Man was the same way. The toys were already on the market before He-Man ever came out. Yeah. It's just a matter of time of when to pull this person in. So what they would yeah. do was they would just they would take a toy and they'd be like, "This guy has to be. This guy's sales are not up. This guy has the lowest sales. He's in the next episode." And that's literally how these shows were made. Yep. So they would just hire these writers that could write BS, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay. Uh, this guy because reasons, and uh, this weapon because evil plan." Yeah. Just like when I shared that uh, that video to the Facebook group page the other night, and I was like, oh, I know I'm going to piss some people off with this, but you guys need to see this episode. It's great. 
where Gaijin Gooba doing his usual thing of witch ninja where he looks at, you know, shinobis and ninjas and samurais and shit that are, you know, in pop culture and he goes, which of the turtles were real are ninjas? These, are these legit? Like if if, you know, they were alive in this universe and ninjas were real, would they be good ninjas? The worst of them was the 80s cartoon. Which they yeah. make fun of in other cartoons. Yeah. Like in the 2000 cartoon, when they meet those guys, they're like, are we really like this in this universe? Because this is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, in the 2003 Turtles series, they ran into them. And also in the Nickelodeon 2012, 14 series. I can't remember yeah. the year exactly. It was, like, but it was yeah. towards the end of the run that yeah. they actually had a special 2012, weapon, so. yeah. Yeah, it was. It was the 2012 yeah. Turtles. So they meet these other Turtles, and oftentimes when they meet the 80s Turtles, they talk about how terrible it was because they know that it was just a toy commercial. They're just yeah. out walking in the public. Right. They're supposed to be in the shadows. But yeah, that was exactly. that was all the time. But and the movies the, time. the movies were not made off the show. The movies were made off the book. Mm. Yeah, which is why the fucking movies are a thousand times better. The well, first movie. Yeah. The first two, technically. No. I'll, I'll give the second one a little the bit second, of The second one is fun, but watch the movie. It was already censored to high hell. They were told yeah. They were told before production hit on the very no first weapons. day, no weapons. Yeah. That was, that was literally a call sign Especially of the movie. How Leo starts out. Now you see him, now you don't. Yeah. They were sent yeah. a report. They were sent a report that said, no weapons this movie. The weapons are too graphic. So... No weapons at all. The entire movie, from start to finish, the turtles did not use their weapons even one time. In fact, like he said, the the producers were so pissed that they actually threw a quip in at the very beginning where Leonardo takes his swords and says, Now you see him? Now you don't. He throws him into the wall, the ceiling, and that's actually that's actually he's he's making a point because from that point from that point of the movie on, he does not use his swords even one time. And Michelangelo. Yeah. Combat cold cuts. Yeah. yeah, uses sausages, and yeah. Donatello uses a fake foam bat thing, and as a rocking clown thing, right? Yeah. And it's just it's just really goofy. The second movie is fun, and you could still you could still get enjoyment out of it. But the first movie is Turtles. Yeah, the second movie is fun. That's it. The second movie is Turtles only when it comes to like Raph and Kino, because. They're trying to, you know, invade the Foot Clan, and, you know, they're doing actual ninja shit. We, we try not to speak about the third. The what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll speak about the third, because I what? was a dumb kid and loved the shit out of it. You were wrong. Because I was a dumb kid. <laughs> I don't had a few Notice how spots. I prefaced it as dumb kid? You were expecting maybe the Adams Family? Look, again, <laughs> I was like... Three and four, oh. so that's dumb kid territory. Push Shredder to the wayside, make room for bird-toting guy. Yeah, and Casey Jones. Yeah, with, with and those, those one guard. Ancestor Casey. Oh, and the ancestor of Master Splinter is in the movie. Yeah, Yoshi. Yeah. No, the ancestor of Master Splinter is in the movie. The rat. They make a hard transition. Talking about ancestors from Splinter to a rat during the movie. And that rat is in the prison where April and Ancestor Casey are being held. Yeah. So that means that Ancestor, Ancestor Master Splinter, because in that continuity, Master Splinter was a rat. Yeah, yeah. Yo Yoshi He was, was not Yoshi. Yoshi was the teacher. So. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that means, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. It's full of dumb. And then the fourth movie is fine. 
It's yeah. fine for what it is. It's an animated, fun, in-continuity, rough movie. Yep. But this episode essentially is done. All we wanted to do was talk about this ridiculous... Lost pilot. Lost pilot. And there's a lot to talk about. This is, this is a lot of what could have been. Right. And it, it's, it's cool to talk about the costumes and the animation. I'm telling you, I'll stick to this. While the storyline I don't think would have been better than what we got. I think it would have been worse. The animation in this show is tremendous. Yeah. I know the, it's fun going back and finding lost pilots to shows. Yeah. Especially comparing them to the actual shows that happened. Because mm-hmm. we could see the same thing about the Power Rangers. They're it would have been it would have been quite different. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was there was some definite differences in that episode. Yeah, some there's big differences including Zordon's name. It's different. Yeah, it was different, yeah. wasn't it? I can't remember what it was, it's but like I Zoltar yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's always fun taking a look at some of these Lost pilots and comparing. So yeah, um, this is done. We're done with X Men. However, for now, as we said, <laughs> this show, in order for us to get a lot of content and keep moving forward, we're going to be reviewing season ones of sh- of series. The next one to talk about is exactly what we were talking about: the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles eighties season one. We're going to talk about the first because yes, if you guys don't know this. Season one was only five episodes, and we're going to talk about those five episodes. And it was released on DVD. I'm not sure if we're going to do them an episode at a time or two episodes at a time. It's whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll debate that. But uh, which means we've got two weeks to figure out. Uh, yep. Buying DVDs or uh, we'll figure it out. Finding yeah. a way to watch it. If like we Netflix do, if we have to buy it, shit. if we have to buy it, I think it should be really. You cheap. can find them at certain WalMarts for like five bucks. It's just a yeah. matter of. We'll have to figure out Making what to sure do. That they're in stock and shit. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to make sure what to do. So uh, we hope that this next episode will stay on track. If it doesn't, we might have to we might have to put it off for a week and skip an episode so we can guarantee everybody gets a copy so that we can actually watch it. We'll figure it out. Yep. Hey guys, did you like that podcast? If so, remember to check out FandomNight.com. At FandomNight.com, you can drop a line to this show, or you can check out other podcasts as well. We cover all kinds of topics, everything from comic books, wrestling, movies, TV shows, video games, animes, mangas. It's outrageous. We seem to have a podcast for just about everything, and you have access to it just by going over to FandomNight.com. So, Check it out, guys. We're going to get out of here.